Hello, everyone. This is Mike with Christian Hunters America, and today we have a short podcast, our shortest one to date, but it was kind of one of those things that we wanted to expedite because our Arizona Game and Fish Department is has some proposed guidelines coming up in on December 10th, and we want to make sure we get that information out to you. Today, we're going to speak with Brian Rimza, who is part of the Bow Hunting in Arizona Record Book and also Arizona Bow Hunter Association, and he's going to discuss our over-the-counter archery deer hunts and as it relates to men for reporting hunt guidelines and hunt recommendations that the Arizona Game and Fish Department is going to be presenting to the commission to basically vote on three separate options. Um, please join us as we get some insight, some, some statistical information and hopefully allow you to let your voice be heard um, through email and the Arizona Game and Fish Department. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast with Christian Hunters America. We got our good friend uh, Brian Rimza here with us today on uh, on short notice. And as we know, Arizona Game and Fish Department is doing their five year cycle of Article Three, which relates to the over the counter deer opportunities. And today we're going to talk about some some of the highlights of our concerns as it relates to mandatory reporting, hunt guidelines, and hunt recommendations. How you doing today, Brian? I'm good. I'm good, Mike. Thanks for uh, having me on on short notice. I just want to get some information out there and, you know, ask some of your listeners to uh, do me a favor and write an email and uh, make sure the department and the commission know that uh, what we're in support of. Absolutely. And that's why we're here today. And, and the main reason why we do these podcasts is just to get out great information and make it easy for people to understand. So so with this, I'm just going to let Brian kind of do a highlight and kind of talk about the behind the scenes. That's kind of what's going on and some historical stuff. And what we need to do as sportsmen, um, as non-residents, and as residents and hunters within Arizona, because there is the potential to have a lot of changes upcoming. So, there, and with that, we'll let Brian kind of break everything down for us. And we're also going to encourage every one of you to go on and, and let your voice be heard through the Game and Fish Department open comment period. Yeah. So obviously, in uh, the spring of 2021, the Game and Fish Department did their hunt recommendations evaluation. So people understand. Recommendations are typically every two years. Um, they allow the department to evaluate, you know, season dates, harvest to see if they need to make adjustments to maintain, to ensure that we maintain, you know, a sustainable population of animals for us to hunt. So uh, in the spring this year, we saw the department make a drastic change and decided to basically eliminate uh, over 30 over the counter archery deer hunts. And their concerns were that. According to their data, the archers were harvesting over 20% of the allocated deer for specific units that they closed. And so the department allocates 20% of the total deer harvested in a unit to the archery hunters. And so when it exceeds that, the department has to operate within the hunt guidelines, which are established every five years uh, to make changes. Uh, Currently, they can close hunts, move hunts to a draw, or keep, uh, keep... things of the status quo as the way the hunt guidelines are right now we're currently in the hunt guideline evaluation period where they can make changes to those guidelines as well as uh, an article three rule change which we'll talk about that pertains specifically to uh, mandatory reporting so when that happened there were some better ideas uh, to manage the deer herds than just close out archers based on the information they had and one of those uh, we're going to talk about here shortly but I took it upon myself uh, working for 
the uh, the bow hunting in Arizona record book committee. I'm the chairman of that organization. I'm also on the uh, the Arizona Bow Hunters Association committee and the uh, Game and Fish Liaison with them. So I worked with the department to try and come up with you know an alternative to just closing hunts down or moving all these hunts to a draw in hopes that they would you know would listen and kind of the way the decision making process works with the game of fish is that the department who's the biologist and the experts comes up with recommendations that they provide to the commissioners and generally speaking the commissioners support those recommendations and they may tweak them slightly but once the department makes a recommendation to the commission the commission usually sticks to within those recommendations from the department so my goal was to work with the department uh, on their recommendations to the commission before they had made recommendations to the commission, because there's a lot of great people on the game and fish department that work very hard to come up with those recommendations. And they're very passionate about what they do. And, you know, I was just wanted to kind of add to that conversation. And I felt like I could add some value to that conversation. So I want to thank the department, um, especially Amber Munich and some of the others there, uh, Clay Crowder for bringing me in, allowing me to have a voice and, based on what I'm seeing so far, they've listened. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that a change is going to occur quite yet, but they have listened and we're going to talk about that right now. So on October 28th, the department put together a webcast that was for the public where they announced the three recommendations for the hunt guidelines process that they are going to put forth to the commission. Those recommendations will be made to the commission on December 10th in Yuma. And we're going to talk about the specific recommendations. The first recommendation was to maintain the status quo, which is the way we've been doing things uh, currently. The issue with that recommendation is that due to the fact that we saw 34 hunts closed, obviously the, the available locations for people to hunt has decreased. So people will be forced into less units, increasing harvest. And once we increase the harvest past 20% threshold, the department will typically close those hunts or move them to a draw. And so that's not a sustainable model if we want to keep the over-the-counter archery deer hunt structure going. We can maintain that model while maintaining viable uh, wildlife management options. And so that's not something we would want to keep. We don't want to keep the status quo because it's just going to see all the over-the-counter hunts go to a draw. And it's one of the best opportunities available in the West. And as long as we can manage wildlife effectively and keep it, we should keep it. The next uh, suggestion from the department was to move everything to a draw. The, there's a lot of problems with this. Primarily, the department uh, would lose a, at least a million dollars, maybe a little more than a million dollars, because they won't be able to sell the same number of tags that they do on the over-the-counter uh, archery hunts. And in reality is, is that we don't have a draw structure that can really facilitate moving all those hunts to a draw because most people in Arizona have points. They're not going to burn points on a what was traditionally an over-the-counter tag. There are some units they would, but there'd be a lot of leftover tags. There's talk of maybe a secondary draw, which create would create a point creep issue. So it's not really the best option. The third model that they suggested, which is in line with what I've been talking about, that I feel is the best option, uh, is the threshold model. Basically, what the threshold model means is it's very similar to the way we operate the bear and lion hunts today. And the department would set a harvest objective for the season and a harvest objective, an annual harvest objective for the year. You know, hunters, once they harvested a buck, would call it in within 48 hours, just like bears and lions. Or they could use an e-tag, which is the new tag modernization the game of fish is rolling out. 
or they could go online, but they have to register their harvest within 48 hours. And that gives you again, fish the ability to track the animals that are being harvested as they're being harvested. And once that threshold is met for the season, uh, they would shut the season down. The benefit to this model is that we could, we could reopen the hunts that they closed uh, by having mandatory reporting because people are going to have to report their harvest. You're going to have more accurate data. There's no loss of revenue to the department. Uh, it allows active management during the season, eliminating over-harvest during drought or years like 2020 where everyone was off work because of COVID. So they spent way more time in the woods hunting. So it gives us the ability to actively manage our deer, no matter what the environmental, you know, concerns are out there or things that happen. Because we all know, you know, if it's a dry year, the archers do really well in August and September. The other thing is, is it, it, it allows the, um, it doesn't restrict non-resident participation. And I, I think that's a benefit to allow non-residents to come out here. And the reason I don't want to restrict it at this point is because Currently, the non-residents have 10.5% of the total tags. So, I mean, that's right in line with our 10% in the draw. There is some discussion that non-residents uh, potentially harvest more deer in certain units than the residents do. And by going to a mandatory reporting model, we would have that data. So, in time, we would know if we really do need to limit non-resident participation or non-resident harvest in certain units because we would have all the available data to make those decisions. So I'm not a proponent. Uh, I'm not saying we don't need to to regulate non-residents. It's just right now we don't have the data to, sh to show what do we regulate, how do we regulate it. And in a couple of years with mandatory reporting, we would totally have that. A couple of the kind of drawbacks from the department side on the, the threshold model is that they've heard, obviously, no restriction on non-resident tag sales. And I just I kind of made my point that, you know, I'm not saying we don't need to restrict it, but right now we don't know like what we need because we don't have the specific data. Um, a couple of the other concerns is that going to a mandatory reporting system requires an Article 3 rule change. And we're in that Article 3 rule change process right now. It is open, so those changes can be made. They would take time to implement, but they can be made. So that's why I think it's important that we all get out there and support at least an active management model which is the threshold model and we let the uh, commission and the department know that we support that model so on top of that um, a big topic of discussion in that same webcast is the mandatory reporting so a couple of things i want to touch on and just to kind of paint a picture for everybody last year the department sold approximately 30,606 over-the-counter archery deer tags they sent out 28,637 questionnaires, the 100 questionnaires that we all fill out. They got 6,952 of those returns. So that's 24% reporting on a hunt with 30,000 tags sold. Of the questionnaires that were returned, the 6,952 uh, surveys that were returned, only 814 people stated they killed a deer. And what's interesting about that number is utilizing the department's expansion model they used to calculate harvest, they estimated that, that the over-the-counter archery hunters killed 3,654 deer. That's a little bit concerning when you think of the fact that the data only shows we killed 814, but the department is stating that we killed 3,654. Incredible. <clears throat> and we've seen this before. Um, 
back in the 90s, early 2000s, the department was concerned that archers were killing too many deer on the Kaibab. So the Arizona Bow Hunters Association worked with the department to effectively pay for a mandatory in-person check station on the Kaibab. And when we did that, the department was estimating, overestimating the harvest of archers by like 20%. So the actual hard data completely um, showed that the department's estimates were off. And I'm not saying that the current data is off. I believe it's not accurate. I believe we need better data. And there's several reasons why we need better data. But first off, I want to talk about how mandatory reporting can work. The With the CAG modernization, which is the department's version of e-tags, many people will opt into that e-tag system. Currently, it's being pitched as a option, not mandatory. We want it to be mandatory if someone chooses that option that they have to report because we need that data. But for those individuals who don't harvest because the e-tag only requires you to log in and state you harvested. It doesn't require any information from a non-hunter or someone who was unsuccessful. So in January, when you and I and anyone else goes to apply for antelope or elk on our portal system, the portal system would just prompt you to complete your hunt questionnaires for the year. It's real simple. You go in, it says, hey, you got to complete your questionnaires. It's just like New Mexico has. And if you don't complete the questionnaires, you can't apply for elk and antelope. It's very simple. There's no monetary effect on anybody. There's no enforcement aspect on the department side. So it's it's real easy. And the department has the infrastructure to do it. They have the portal system, which they have updated continuously. And they have the, the app for the, the e-tag or tag modernization. So they can make this happen. And the thing about the department is sometimes good, sometimes bad. But for this case, it's good is that all of their IT people are in-house employees, so they don't contract out. And I know we have differences of opinions on that because sometimes it works for us, sometimes it doesn't. But where it works for us on this is that it allows them to make changes faster because it's all in-house. So it's beneficial to have the mandatory reporting and it provides the necessary data that we need to make better decision-making. Something that's, you know, should be on the top of everybody's mind is that we need to have defensible data. And in order to have defensible data, we need to have as much of the data as we can possibly get. I'm not saying we're gonna get 100% reporting with mandatory reporting, but we're gonna get way more than 24% reporting. And something that's interesting to, to know is that the department, the Arizona Game and Fish Department, did a survey of five Western states in 2019, and they reviewed their mandatory reporting systems. And what's interesting to note is that all five states acknowledge that good harvest data is required because hunting is a significant cause of mortality for some populations. And what I should note is that these were California, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, and Washington. So they're all Western states. The other thing that the uh, all of the organizations that I just mentioned said is that these they implemented mandatory reporting because of low reporting rates using non-mandatory methods. So currently the department's touting the tag modernization as basically going to make their, they believe it'll help their reporting rates and it may, but if it's not mandatory, which tag modernization and e-tags are not, people are not going to fill it out. I, I kind of relate it to a speed limit sign. Yes, it's the law, but if no one's watching or enforcing it, people don't obey it. And so it's important that we go to a mandatory reporting system. So we have all the available data. The other thing that's interesting to note from this report, which is written by our Arizona Game and Fish Department, states all states indicated that mandatory reporting has worked well 
and no state reported a decrease in license or tag sales because of mandatory reporting. Two states said they saw an increase in license and application rates since they implemented mandatory harvest reporting. So what's interesting about that is we all know one of the department's uh, common themes when it talks about mandatory reporting is to state that they're worried that it will impact hunter retention and recruitment. But in their own study in 2019 of five Western game and fish departments, no one saw a decrease in tag sales or license sales. And we haven't seen that across the West or across the country in years. So it kind of contradicts some of the things that they're standing on continually. And so I kind of gave you a lot of information. Um, Obviously, it's out there. I I want you to know about it. I can tell you that if you have questions, um, all of my data and my numbers are from directly the Game and Fish Department. I have a couple documents that I'd be glad to email anybody if they needed more data. You can reach me, and I'm sure Michael put it on the uh, podcast link, but my email is brian, B-R-I-A-N, dot rimza, R-I-M-S-Z-A, at hotmail.com. So feel free to reach out to me if you have questions or if you'd like um, more information regarding this data. I'm going to end up posting it out there on social media. I just haven't done it quite yet, trying to work everything in. But uh, I'd be glad to share the information with people. And again, what I'm asking from the listeners is that you may have a different opinion on the way to manage over-the-counter archery deer tags. But what I'm telling you is that the department's three proposals to the commission on December 10th will be maintain the status quo, utilize harvest thresholds, or move everything to a draw. So if you're going to comment, one of those three is what they're determining and voting on. You may not agree with the threshold model. That's fine. I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I believe it's the best model, and that's kind of what I hope to have painted that picture for you. But I think something we all can agree on, whether you're an archer or not, is that we need mandatory reporting. We need all the available data because we have to defend any decisions we make when it comes to wildlife management and taking the lives of animals. It's especially important for those people who are non-consumers who don't hunt and frankly don't understand uh, the benefits of using hunting to manage wildlife. So that's kind of all of it right there, Mike. I mean, that's a lot of information. I hope people listen to it. If you have questions, by all means, reach out to me. The email needs to be sent to its capital AZ hunt guidelines at azgfd.gov. And it simply just needs to state, you know, I support this model for managing OTC deer and I support mandatory reporting for all big game species in Arizona. And it's mandatory reporting. We're not looking for just mandatory harvest reporting. We want all the available data. Absolutely. And to clarify too, is the department is presenting these three options and they are not looking for other feedback. That's correct. So we should not be sending our ideas and suggestions because they're not going to look at that. Correct. Well, I'm not telling anyone not to send in their suggestions because I mean, we all have a voice and we should make it be heard. I'm just letting you know that the, what's going to be presented to the commission are those three proposals. So if you want to voice, you know, something for one of those three proposals, by all means, pick one of those if you want it to be relevant. Um, once they determine the hunt guidelines and how they're going to move forward, then we will see the hunt recommendations starting up early in January and February, where they will decide how they're going to manage um, the how they're going to manage for 2022 because this last recommendation period was only for one year. So they're going to have to vote and determine how they're going to, you know, manage all species for the next two years. 
Yep, exactly. And it is a public outreach, so um, we do encourage everybody to watch and to give your voice. And, and really, that's the great thing about our Arizona Game and Fish Department is they do give us that opportunity to give them you know, feedback, either positive or negatively, and, and they do take some of our ideas. And I, and I do know in the last year the hard work that you've done, specifically trying to collect this information. I'm, I, when I look at trying to create a case and just what you've done in the last year of creating this case to save and have the potential to benefit our wildlife through these, all this reporting requirements and the statistics and everything else. I mean, that's a lot of dedication of your personal time to do so. And I think sometimes we take for granted that, you know, we can just give a comment and they, they move forward, but it definitely shows your dedication to make a difference in the wildlife in Arizona. So I do appreciate your time and your effort. And, and this is personal for a lot of us because a lot of us, we love archery hunting and what we've learned in, in all things of life is once something's gone, you know, it's really hard to bring those opportunities back. So. Yep. That's exactly right. So we need to, we need to allow our voice to be heard. I mean, you can complain on social media all you want, but this is a chance to at least allow your voice to be heard. Yep. That sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for uh, making short notice to allow us to get this podcast uh, completed and, uh, and again, for all the listeners out there, um, you know, if you're a resident, non-resident, um, you know, do their look on Game and Fish website. They got all the postings for the public comment period that's coming up that's going to be presented on December 10th. And make sure you write them an email and, and let them know how you feel. And and I know that talking with the CHA board and a lot of our members and, and also the Arizona Boner Association and also Brian represents the uh, Bow Hunting in Arizona record book, um, there is clear defined um thought patterns, you know, and we're in agreement that option three, you know, having the mandatory and getting that statistical data is best for all of us because it holds us accountable. It holds the department accountable and it allows the the factual information to be out there that it's going to basically allow us to manage our, our herds, no matter if it's deer and um, specifically as we're talking with this one is we'll have the, the right data to protect them, you know, because we don't want to over-harvest and we don't want to under-harvest, and we also want to be able to manage them for what's the benefit of all people. So I do appreciate your time today, Brian. All right, thanks. I appreciate it, Mike. Okay, have a good day. You too. Thank you again for uh, the listeners um, for today. We uh, This was a short notice, and as we always do, we always end our our podcast in a prayer, and now we'll go to the Lord. So, Lord, we just uh, we love you, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, that we live in, a, in the United States, that we have this opportunity to come and have a podcast and the freedoms that we give. We just ask that in all things that we do, Lord, that you give us direction and uh, allow us to do your will in all things. And I ask that you would just bless all of our listeners, Lord, and all across the, the, the world. It's kind of amazing when I think about when we look at the statistics that we have 10 to 15 different countries that are listening to our podcast now, and I just ask that you would just... Bless all those individuals and bless our military. In Jesus' name, amen.